Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're doing another movie episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elberton, and who's all with me tonight? Oh, me. I'm Tiffany Alberton. I'm Bill Tucker from A Gamer Looks at 40, and I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Jamie Tucker, and I am really taking my life in my own hands with this weather. <laughs> uh, this is Kenneth Sanity. Asshole. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm Mink Sanity. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> we have a very special episode tonight. We are covering a movie that Mike has never seen and Patreon voted for. Of course they did. And I also voted. I think I vote. No, I didn't vote for this. But we are here to co- cover the Rocky Horror Picture Show that came out in 1975. Hey, I only talk for a living, so hey. And <laughs> directed by Jan Sharman, if I said that right. Yep. Sure did. Yeah, I, I, did, I did not. So somehow I have always skipped this movie on purpose. I've only one time one of my first girlfriends mentioned watching this movie. I'm like, OK, no, before that. And then I never got around to it. And I never had a desire to watch this. That's why it's Patreon poll. And I, can see Tanya. I, I could too, but it was someone else. So Bill, what is your history with this movie and Jamie? Me? None. I, I had never <laughs> seen this movie before. What? Uh, I never seen this. Don't 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 yell at me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will. I, you know it, I will. It's one of those things that has always kind of lived in the periphery of culture. I've always been around it, but I've never actually seen it. And we'll talk about my opinions on it as we move forward. Um, <laughs> but it's I get it. I, let's just put it this way. I I get it. I understand why it's a cult classic. I understand the importance. I don't think it's very good, but I get it. And I understand <laughs> why you, it's so important. Yeah, that's my take on it. Jane has a has a bit of a more bit more history than than I. <laughs> yes. So I went to see Rocky Horror Picture Show every Friday night at midnight at Billy Joe's Picture Show in Des Moines, Iowa for four years. So I am exceptionally familiar with this movie and the entire culture around it. Okay. While while we were watching it last night, she she kept doing the other lines because the, when you when you watch this in a communal experience, you you don't just watch the movie because why would you? It's midnight and everybody's in costume. And Jamie will talk more about it as we go on. But there's things you shout at the screen as the movie goes on. Everybody there knows yes. these things, and Jamie kept shouting all the things at the screen. I didn't shout. Our kids were sleeping. No, you, you, you intoned. It was good. It was good though. And she kept saying, "Do you want me to do this?" I'm like, "This is great. I feel like I'm at a. I'm not wearing a corset or anything, but this actually is pretty fun." She knows all the extra lines. Great. So we'll have to get get into that as we go forward. But yeah, James, I, I got a history. She's seen this. How many would you think? How many like how many times do you think you've seen it? Oh goodness, I I wouldn't even know. Well over a hundred. That's so Damn. good. Yo, Mr. Sanity, what's uh, where where did you line on this one? Or what's your history? Oh my God, this movie and I go way back. I probably saw this when I was about twelve or thirteen. Same. And I remember going to see it, uh, shadow cast of it, at the uh, Rhodey Opera House in uh, downtown Kenosha. It was actually the last year that they did it. Um, due to damage caused by audience participation, continued damage rather. <laughs> uh, wasn't just one year, it was just all of them. But uh, this movie was uh, very instrumental on my experience growing up 
Um, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Right. Um, so same about 12, 13 ish. The first time I saw it alone, I actually had a VHS copy and a TV and in the middle of the night was like, this is a great thing for me to watch when my parents aren't paying attention to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Also instrumental in, in my development. I can promise you that. Um, (laughs) I have never been to someone else's shadow casting production of this. Unfortunately, I would love to. I have, however, put on a Shadowcast-esque production of this with some clubs that I was in in college. We dressed up, we brought props, we had the whole thing, and we had to get special permission from the theater to sell props. So, okay, so, Jane, were there props in your your experience? Yes. I find this whole culture fascinating. I just want to let you guys know right off the bat, this whole thing, to me, is really interesting. So, uh, yes, you have props and the whole thing. That's cool. Shadowcasts are great. We we have one near us that we go to. They did this movie, but before I found out they existed, so I didn't see it. So they're not going to do anything. No, not anytime soon. But I get to see Twilight, so that was, I mean, made that movie actually halfway watchable. So. There was a shadow cast of Twilight? Yes. Yep. Is it all, all the glitter? God, I can't all wait the glitter? to yeah. this movie. Sorry. I would have watched That's it. That's all went to my head. Bill's going to hate this movie if I ever make him no, watch it. No, no, thank you. <laughs> You know, I, Mike. You know I love you. I'll see. I'll see anything. I'll go anywhere with you, Mike. I'll go on any journey. No, we'll do Twilight with us. <laughs> I'll do. Twi- I'll do Twilight. Robert Pattinson's actually a really good actor. Just no one knows about it. <laughs> I'll do all the Twilight movies with you guys. I have uh, hard pass. But anyway, and Tiffany, so I forgot to ask you, what is your history with this movie? I don't remember when I first saw it, but it's been well over 20 years since i've seen it and i actually remembered songs to it mm-hmm. you did i was surprised <laughs> i was too but for some reason i didn't remember any like the plot line or anything i was like oh what's gonna happen what plot? All this? <laughs> but i was like oh i like this song oh but i don't remember what comes next like all i could think of this movie reminded me of another movie that you guys made me watch ken and bill they also had aliens eating people so hey are you talking about scarlett johansson of course i am not letting that go I'm so and mad. both with equally good soundtracks, just totally different. Of obviously, I so so Jame and, and those who have seen this in shadow in public, Mike and I are the virgins of this. <laughs> Does anything oh. bad happen to the virgins in when you see this in public with people in costume? Consistently bad. No, <laughs> yeah. no, there's nothing bad. I mean, I, listen. I, don't I mean, know. <laughs> you know, it depends on your definition of bad. If you feel like getting spanked, well, then you're fine. <laughs> Right. <laughs> My kind of people. <laughs> Mike, we, we, we walked into a world that we're just not prepared for, I think. Oh. Hey, I, again, this has been on my bucket list to finally watch this damn movie. I just didn't want to. And podcast gives me a perfect reason to do things I don't want to do. So. I'm glad I did. I'm, I, you know what? I'm very glad I did. I will, I will talk about it. I guess my first opinion of it is, again, I get this. I totally understand why it's important. I see why people love it. It's wonderful kitchen camp. I've always said for a while that you can't create camp. And I think I have to back off of that after this movie, because this is meant to be, you know, sensationalized and just campy. This is meant to be. And Mm -hmm. it does it beautifully, but it's also not great as a movie. I think this would be a much better play. I would love to see the musical of this. I think the musical would have been fantastic. That's actually how it started. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see see a Broadway production of this. I think that would be super fun. I think it just translate. I think it would translate better. That's my overall thesis take on it. I just want to see Talking Plants say they're going to eat you instead when I sing a musical. <laughs> so not this, but. 
Finley seeing That's what I want to see again. But no, this was just, it was an interesting, like watching this, having no idea what I was really, I mean, I knew kind of what it was about, but all I knew is that Tim Curry dresses up in drag. Tim Curry was so good in this. Like, I just was mesmerized by him watching it since I haven't seen it forever. And I'm just like, he's so good. And because I've been watching way too much RuPaul, I had to ask Tiff, did he tuck? Is it untuck? <laughs> but watched way too much RuPaul in the last. Now you two. know why I like RuPaul. <laughs> Wasn't, but yeah, this was like RuPaul in its time. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunately went through my head. I'm like, oh, way too much RuPaul lately. And you know, an important fact that we should probably discuss is the fact that this is Tim Curry's theatrical movie debut. Like, yeah, this I was, was surprised. The first taste that the movie going public got of Tim Curry was he, he just, also? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, he just he threw his all into this. Like, he oh, loved yeah. this performance. Yeah, just. Ass out, going full whole hog. It was insane. <laughs> he did. I mean, Love he it. he really brought it in this movie. Oh, he's fabulous. The he's facial, fabulous. everything yeah, with him. It was just incredible. Oh, so good. Now, so he, was he though in the original like musical though? Because the musical came out six years before the actual film. Was he? I thought he was in the original cast of the musical. Am I wrong on that? I think he was in at least one of the runs before this. Okay, if not okay. all of them. Okay, I thought so. So he had a. And a lot of the actors in the movie were from the original productions as well. Uh, I don't know if I'd say a lot. No, my, my like, well, I guess Susan Sarandon wasn't. And, yeah, Susan Sarandon wasn't. Barry Bostwick wasn't. Meatloaf did <laughs> oh, yeah, play in like the Los Angeles version of the musical Meatloaf before was the movie. Fantastic as well. <laughs> but uh, Lil Nell, who plays uh, Magenta, she was in the uh, the musical, the play musical. Like, she was good in this too. Oh, yeah. And the guy and the guy who plays Riff Raff, he wrote it. Is it Richard yeah. O'Brien? Am I right on that? Yes. Richard yeah. O'Brien. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he, he actually went on to be one of the creepy, bald, evil thingies in Dark City. I don't know Dark City. I don't either. Oh, 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 oh. oh you listen to Patreon. We got to <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm going to say, is that going to be a oh, thing we're going to learn? Yeah, I do control it. So I'm the one that puts what's on there. <laughs> you can't ever admit to not seeing something if that's not what you want to happen. <laughs> it's only this one year. So, okay. So, I had a quick question for you guys. That I was because when I was watching the beginning of this movie, they have, I'm assuming that couple standing in front of the church door is supposed to be like a, because Tiffany pointed out a like riffraff on that old painting with the woman and the farmer. Yeah. American Gothic, yeah. yeah. Okay, are those the same actors in that didn't play the butler and sister in the castle? Yep. Yes. Okay, I thought they looked good. Okay, cool. There's I was right. also the grandmother that has the dark glasses on in the like in the the bridal party. She is one of the actresses that does the time warp. Yeah, oh, a lot of those wedding people are. Yeah, yeah. I think the photographer is as well. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And weird aunt is as well. It's like I I was pointing them out and I was like, that one and that one and that one. (laughs) (laughs) And when you think about it, there's a really good reason for that. Um, The entrance into Frankenfurter's castle is very much like just going into a new world. The first version I saw actually had that beginning scene in black and white. Oh, and when they go in, when the time warp starts up, it's all in color. It's very much Wizard of Oz. And they wanted this movie to be a dark Wizard of Oz. Which is why you have multiple people playing multiple roles. Huh. I like it. That's cool. Now, Bill asked me, and I was not sure, and I should have looked it up. Was the groom at the very beginning of the movie, was he Rocky? No. Oh, okay. no, he was a much worse actor. Because 
I was just kind of like, he asked me and I was like, I, I don't know. I was like, and then you saw Brad do this weird double take with the glasses. And I'm like, well, now I have no idea. And I have to look it up. And then I got lost in a spiral of something about Rocky Horror Picture Show and lips and teeth. And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> I, I think Brad doing the double take was him realizing that maybe it twitched a little bit. And he was very confused about that feeling. <laughs> As we see later. Oh, boy. Less <laughs> I do love that. <laughs> Don't tell Janet. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there shortly. Oh, the other thing I want to talk about, like with the church, I thought it was to me it was kind of funny how he proposes to her right after they just had a wedding. I don't know. I found that funny to me. I've seen proposals at wedding receptions. It's the most yeah. uncomfortable thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's why it made me laugh. Yeah, way to steal our way to steal the scene there, the couple. <laughs> Great, thanks. This is hey, our day. Wait till they drove off. Hey, I was that's trying fair, to I guess. Fabio to propose to Pixie at our wedding, and it did not happen. No. Also oh, Ken, Ken, just said he see, Ken just said he's seen people actually propose at a reception. Mm-hmm. That's worse. That's not good. That's it's no good. Horrible. Throw him out. I, I, just, <laughs> him out. I had never heard of that in my life until we were dating and went to a friend of ours wedding and she pulled me aside and she's like, don't you dare get engaged. I was like, why would I? This is your wedding. (laughs) Like, not about me. I was so confused. And then I found out more and more that that actually happens. And I was like, what is, huh? Rude rude and rude. Yep. Like, if you're going to propose, pay for your own flowers. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But, you know, at the same time, there is something rather, uh, like, frugal about it. Right? Like, maybe do it at the wedding of somebody you don't like. (laughs) <laughs> that, 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 would that's that would be great <sighs> alright Camille's yeah. third wedding babe I'll, I'll, I'll propose to you you're gonna propose again <laughs> good I still need my proposal damn so, it but, okay and then another thing that I was really thinking about when I kept watching this movie is like I couldn't get over like how young Susan Sarandon is in this movie because I've never seen her in anything else really other than like I think it's Stepmom with Julia Roberts it's the movie that always that's comes to it? mind that's oh the movie God, always comes like to mind I think it's Susan Sarandon years after this Louise. Never seen it. What? So. Oh <laughs> That's what I have to live with, you guys. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't know what movies were to the 90s. I, I've come to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Tiff, do you know how many times Jamie has said that about me? This is how to live with. Every time she brings up an 80s movie and I had never seen it because, like, I don't what? know. I wasn't allowed to view things until I was like 12. I was in a hole in New Jersey. No media hit me except for Nickelodeon. Well, same, except Mike was in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't watch movies, apparently. That's no excuse. I'm in Kenosha, and I've seen more movies than you'll ever watch in your life. No, that's exactly why you've seen that many movies. It's because there's (laughs) nothing else to do here. Oh, yeah. Didn't this movie have a Milwaukee reference in it, too? I feel like this movie had a Milwaukee reference that I remember. Like, oh, I gotta make a comment about that, then I didn't write it down. I don't remember. Because I always make some Milwaukee references. Because, well, I'm from Milwaukee. Oh, you should watch uh, last week's episode of Succession, then. <laughs> Unless I'm confusing this with something else that I was watching, but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure there's a Milwaukee reference in this movie. I'll go back and watch it again at some point. We'll put it on the Patreon. Neither <laughs> <laughs> here nor there. I just always pay attention to stuff like that. Like I, I swear. But no, like back with Susan Randon, like she did a really good job in this film, though. Like her, she does a great job too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That is that is a woman that is definitely matured with age. Like fine one, <laughs> fine one. I also really like the song good, "Damn It, good Janet." Good like that was just great. Kind of it just works so well. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, everyone's here though for Tim Curry, and he really does steal every scene he's in. And he, like, I think if someone here said he is having so much fun, I, I, it's rare to see an actor have so much fun on screen 
so much to the point where almost everybody else fades into the background. And um, again, we'll talk about his performance and uh, all the different things he does. But man, it's it's again, Susan Sarandon's great. The guy of Bostick, was it Ben? Someone Bostick? Barry Bostick. Barry Bostick. Barry Bostick. He's well cast as the square. Uh, <laughs> yes. And he does a very good job at being over the top square. I love the fact in this movie, even if you're an understated character, you're still over the top. It's really, really oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I really do appreciate that about this. Again, the kitsch and the camp that they're they're going for. They really nailed it. And before we get too much further away from your statement, Bill, I want to address that you're saying that this isn't a good movie, but you get it. Yes. It's a riff on the old, like, 50s sci-fi movies. It's not supposed to be good. <laughs> right. And that's kind of where I'm landing on it. That's why I, I had a very good time watching it last night for the first time. I, 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 there's scenes in here, and when I say not good, I feel like the, the, and the heartbeat of this movie is in the music because the music is, for the most part, fantastic. I mean, I know Time Warp has been played a hundred times. There's a reason. It's great. Like, it's a really good song. But there are moments in this movie where it really drags down, where the, where the pacing lulls. And this is a movie that I think wants to just go rapid fire. So for that reason, I don't think it's 100% successful as a movie. But again, I get why this is so beloved by a lot of people, especially with inclusiveness. And, you know, we'll talk about all that as well. I can see why this is important. I mean, this was this is in the National Registry of Movies. Like this was inducted as an important aesthetic movie. Like this is in an archive somewhere. It's I get it. I don't know if it's good. But like you said, Ken, it's probably not designed to be good. I I, I get that. Yeah, like this, this is an important movie. If you look up queer culture in the dictionary, this movie is the first entry. Hundred percent, really cool. Mm-hmm. Truth fact. I mean, even like even the fashion. I was reading up on it. What you know, punk rock fashion was heavily influenced by this movie. You know, oh, like yeah. it was it was doing things with costuming that had never been really done before or seen outside of you know That's underground shows fantastic. or something, right? Yeah, bedroom and queer culture. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, it really put it front stage, which again I really appreciate and think is really really fun and cool so again i get it i I totally get it rocky horror picture show fans i just i'm not gonna (laughs) jump ahead i don't know if i'll see it again especially since i don't drink anymore boy would this be a a gas if i were drinking and this is this would be a lot of fun but yeah i'm gonna have to try to get high and watch this movie again it would have helped probably like see it with a shadow cast at least once and then you can say you probably won't see it again yeah, there is there, there. There's actually a company here in in Austin, Texas, that still does a shadow cast of it. So we, we may have to attend. Yes, please. <laughs> I, shadow I, casts I, are great. One of our teachers used to narrate it. Like they'd do a shadow cast performance, and he'd sit and he'd narrate it. Oh, it's the but funniest thing. Okay. He's old. John Shelby. No idea who it is. I don't know. I don't watch TV. Not that kind of TV. So also like the narrator who in this movie, since you're reminding me of that, who kind of comes in off and on and like says what's going on, like a narrator. He's also, well, I I just knew him because he's a villain in one of the James Bond movies, but I couldn't remember which one. That's all I kept thinking of. What came to my mind? He's a, I just can't remember what movie he's a villain in, but I know he's What's a villain it? in a James Bond movie. And this is an example. I was <laughs> I was thinking about it again from a per, from a perspective of a musical. I can see him working beautifully in a musical. I don't love him in this because again, you have this pacing, you have this rhythm. He shows up. It's like a Monty Python sketch, like Holy Grail, where all of a sudden you're doing Knights of the Round Table, and then there's a guy clapping, hanging from a from a parapet. Right? It's like this weird tonal break. And I get why they're doing that, because in a musical, I could see that being the point where the whole stage goes dark. There's a green light on him or a light on him. And the set is being changed by the crew. Right. That 
that makes sense to me from a theater perspective. But as a movie thing, like during Time Warp, when he's like standing on the desk going, shake your hips, it's funny. <laughs> but it like for me, because I want to listen to Time Warp. I'm having a blast. I'm having fun with these people. So that's one of those things I don't think works. I think it would work better in the musical as opposed to the movie. You know, that's again, me just thinking about it in that way. I can agree that it would probably work better in a musical version on a stage, but I also think it works great here too. Right. I I love the jump to see that the narrator is actively being engaged in the story because that's how it feels to me. Like this is a story that he is telling us and we're just seeing the dramatic reenactment of his words. That's a good way to put it. Just interrupted my poor trying to get in there. I also have an opinion on that guy. <laughs> Bill just did a hand gesture. Should I stop talking? No. no. All I do is all I, all I do is talk forever on this show. Please stop me from talking. Everybody at home listening is like, please shut that man up. Say your piece. It's fine. Okay. Well, the thing that I like about him, he was he was very serious through the whole thing. And then when it comes to the time warp, you know, he got into it and it really directly related to the infectiousness of Mm -hmm. the castle and the entire culture. And it was just kind of like all of a sudden this very serious guy was just as into it as everyone else was. And so you're kind of like, Oh, this is getting to everybody. See that. I can see it. It also gives a, not to get too psychological no. into Rocky Horror Picture Show, but no. you know. But it also, I think now that you're talking about it like that, Jam, I think it gives also squares like me, us virgins to this thing, an opportunity to say, hey, it's okay to have fun with this. You know, if you're not already, it's one of the first big numbers of the, you know, obviously there's a couple of songs before this, but it's like the first big number of the, uh, of the musical. So, yeah, I get that. I see that. I also got to say, this movie made me laugh a lot. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's like, very this funny. Was, way or you yeah. were laughing at it? I was a good way. Like, I was enjoying myself more than some other movies I watched on this podcast that involve aliens and people getting eaten. But I was just, I was laughing. I was having fun. He's not going to let that happen. No, I'm not. Like, this movie was just, even though I'm like, I don't have any idea what's really going on, I'm laughing my ass off. This is hilarious at times. Like, I'm enjoying it. And that was nice. Because I wasn't sure what I was going to think about this movie. Still don't know what I think about this movie. I was just confused. <laughs> You should watch it more. I think Dana and Brad are also confused. In several oh, God, I, I love those scenes. Oh, those are so fucking more good. open than they were. <laughs> Which is those are, I think those are some of my favorite scenes when when they do get to the mansion. We'll just go however we go with this. And like with like, especially when when Tim Curry shows up to Janet first. And I guess he's disguised as Brad then pretty much. Mm-hmm. OK, because I was a little confused. And I started. But just the way where she's like, don't tell Brad and just goes along. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a rape scene. I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> this changed. Yep, yep, that's just the power sexual magnetism of Tim Curry. I mean, Frankenberger. <laughs> uh, yes. And, you know, same thing happens with Brad. He goes in there pretending to be Janet. Like, down to the same lines, though. Like, I love the parallels in those two scenes. It, everything's the same, just reversed. And I can so see good. this being, all, like, it's extremely salacious in 1975 or six or whenever mm-hmm. this came out, mm. I can see, a, I, I, especially with the, you know, we've seen, yeah, I think, I think sex scenes have happened in movies before then, but the kind of reactions that Brad has when, uh, when Tim Curry's kissing him down, whew, I could see a lot of, uh, Don't tell Janet. feathers ruffle. Don't tell Janet. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one moment a little earlier where I think about during time warp, when, when Janet is actually having like starting to get into it. And I come up to Jamie, I'm like, 
oh, gee, look at her. She's actually kind of getting into this. And James goes, just you wait. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's very, very accurate. And I love how they like they show what kind of happened without showing it. Like after he sleeps, after Brad sleeps with him, like you're unsure. Like I was unsure. Oh, maybe he left because they got called. But then you see a scene of Brad just sitting there smoking. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's a way to show exactly what happened without showing it. Like that was yep. just perfect. The pre-1985 way of denoting sex is absolutely having a cigarette in bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I adored when he came out in the uh, little like uh, teal blue flowered kimono afterwards. It's like, oh, <laughs> but I actually really appreciated not to get all, you know, like social commentary on it. I feel like I did that already with the oh, uh, the guy. That's what we do I here. Really, I really appreciated that. I did. Oh, I didn't when I was a teenager because I was just like horny teenager. And that's kind of why you went to Rocky <laughs> is to like make out and hook up. But I really appreciate it now where it's just kind of like, you know, if you go back to the the bridal scene, the car says she got hers. Now he'll get his. And then you get to this Janet scene. and It's like, oh, she actually wants to have sex, too. And that's OK. She's like she's free to do that. It, it's very empowering. Yeah. Because it's not like, I mean, around that time when this, it's like girls were supposed to be like prim and proper and I'm saving myself for marriage. And it's like, no, instead you're just, well, maybe not have, you know, sex with a, you know, lab created monster, but you know, that's fine. (laughs) Hey, there's nothing wrong with a little monster sex. (laughs) I mean, he was blonde and tan. It's fine. She doesn't like muscles. Remember, she doesn't like. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love how she says that. And, and she, she just... looks at Brad and he's like, excuse you? <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I don't like muscles either, baby. No, I'm aware. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm well aware of that fact. <laughs> but I just really, there were just things like that that made me laugh my ass off with this. And I, and I, again, I really like the fact that like, I was thinking about like, you know, a seventies, you know, a seventies movie and just showing stuff like that. It's like, you know, that's a big thing for the time. And now you mentioned this is the first movie that for like the queer culture, that's really cool. I didn't think about that. And like, I don't want to say that, you know, this is the first best queer movie, but this might be one of the first on-screen depictions of bisexuality that was ever in any kind of mainstream film. Yeah, probably. I mean, this was put out by 20th Century Fox. So technically, Tim Curry, uh, Frankenfurter, is now a Disney princess. <laughs> yes! yes, please. Oh, I have so many pictures. Of I my need head. an animation of that now. <laughs> I've, I've seen a meme going around. Okay, hear me out. Rocky Horror Muppet Show. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Animal has got, no, is Animal Rocky or is Animal Tim Curry? Oh, no. No, no, no. The blonde in the band I pictured as Tim Curry. Oh. I can't remember her name, though. Janice? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know. I don't know. I think it is Janice, actually. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel thing. it is Janice. Yeah, yes. I pictured her yeah, as the Tim Curry character for some reason. I was like, hmm, let's see. Oh, no. Sam the Eagle's got to be Frankenfurter. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Sam the <laughs> That's great. Amazing. That's it. Yeah. That's good casting. Yeah. Dr. Teeth has got to be Eddie. Sure. sure. Yes. Gonzo's got to be Riff Raff. I was going to say Gonzo's in there somewhere. Yeah. Gonzo's got to be Riff Raff because that ending number. Oh, baby. I want to hear that Gonzo so bad. <laughs> but um, because this movie was like such a such a thing, like when I saw it when I was young, 
it really helped me understand that, hey, you know, bisexuality is a thing. And as a bisexual man, I can absolutely credit a lot of both my understanding and broader acceptance to this movie. Yeah, because like I, you know, I I grew up in I mean, it's not it's not a small town anymore, but it was, you know, it was a lot smaller when I grew up. I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, and it's (laughs) there was a good, bad or indifferent. I got away with a lot of stuff and, you know, experienced a whole lot of drug and it was fine. Midwest Yeah. So when I grew up, Rocky Horror Picture Show was a culture. It was an entire subset of escapism for young adults and teenagers to go there. Like, I remember going to Rocky Horror Picture Show and then going to Perkins afterwards and having coffee at 2 a.m. with full, like, transvestites and having coffee thrown at us from across the room. People attacking people. Mm. I've... I knew I I was with a a woman who was a you know she was transgender she was sobbing because her friend had just been murdered and this culture was a refuge and a safe place for so many people and so many people went there and experienced it when they were just kind of like you know the mainstream like jock went there and they kind of you know they really kind of were like oh my god I kind of like this a little bit but they didn't want to. But it mm-hmm. shut them up enough to understand it. So when they went to school, they were quiet the next day. <laughs> and so it was like this whole, it was this thing. It was this living, breathing experience for hundreds and hundreds of people growing up. And just, you know, some people just wanted to go out and have a good time and, you know, get wasted and, you know, mess around. And other That's people, fun. it was this absolute amazing freedom that they that was the one place they could go there and they could be straight laced everywhere else but they could go there put on a corset and it was fine (laughs) (laughs) that's that's exactly what i heard from a number of the people who attended the production that i helped put on we not only had curious students who had never seen this movie before because why would they watch this crazy thing from the 70s but we had community members coming in who had been to these shadow castings in the 70s and in the 80s and found refuge and community. And they shared how much that meant to them at the time and then how much it meant to them to see it coming back. And I, I really I, and hearing these stories, it really helps me appreciate, again, that importance. And that's why I go back to the, my first statement, which was I get it. I totally get it. And it also really helps that this is actually a lot of fun. I, I, you know, straight, straight, not straight, whatever, wherever you happen to be on that, on that line. This is a lot of fun. Time Warp is a absolute banger. The Meatloaf yeah, song is so freaking good. Like this classic 50s rock and roll, high spirited, just it's a blast. So I like the fact that it's, it has bridged that gap and it has. And I really think it's very cool, James, that it's it's served as a haven for people. Because, again, that's why when I talk about it, it's like well, I get I get why this is important. Which goes beyond my persnickety little film critic snobbery. So, <laughs> which it, and some some movies are just like that. Some some movies just transcend that that kind of analysis. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's critic proof. Hey, sometimes yeah, you don't like really really good movies, Bill. Remember Scott Pilgrim? You didn't like that movie as much as you should have. I don't, wait a second. <laughs> I. <laughs> 
It's fine. It's fine. Look, we don't want to get in this fight now because I got shit on both of you. <laughs> yes. So I have another thing I want to bring up. Like when the when you first see Rocky when he's created, like all that scene was. That's also another like really cool scene. Like the I didn't really th- I was thinking about it as I was watching it. Like it's all the colors of the rainbow too are on the container that he's supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that was also a cool like. And Tiffany, you brought up a thing about him, like how he c- couldn't talk. <laughs> he's like, oh, he can't talk except what he's singing. Yeah, because I, I remembered it as a non-speaking role, and then suddenly he's singing. I was like, well, he technically doesn't talk, I guess. So it's only a singing role? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like did there's guys, probably some uh, more meaning to that. Did you notice that it didn't have a belly button? No. He did. He did, but sure it was about weird. That? that was the one no. thing I commented on last sure night. Somebody was like, Janet was like touching him. And you would be attention. too. I would too. I don't like muscles, but I touch them if I have the opportunity. <laughs> I said the same thing last night when he was, it was, um, there was also the scene where he was lifting the weights when Frankenfurter gave him the weights. And then he was like rubbing his finger down his chest into his lower abdomen. Yes. And I was like, what's wrong with his belly button? <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Because yeah. it, it was like not in the right spot. Oh, I didn't, I didn't notice. It was covered with a patch. Yeah, it was like it was wasn't not born. He was made, so we wouldn't have one. Okay. Wait. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. Huh. I just figured he'd worked out to the point where there was like nothing left. Yeah, like right? the. <laughs> 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 that <was so> deeply. <laughs> his muscle mass kind of took over. Is like I need this little just, bit of fat in the belly button. I'm just gonna oh, his belly embed this into the pectoral. Yeah. <laughs> Checks out. I was gonna say, like, damn, that guy was in shape though. Makes in this sure. movie, I kept thinking he looked and like I Dolph Lundgren. Not realize the rainbow until last night. It was the first time I saw it. I was like, wait a minute, he's creating a person with like colors of the rainbow. I was like, oh crap, there's a rainbow. Okay, yeah. oh, I missed that. And yeah. was the rainbow like a, a symbol of that culture of the culture in in those days? I don't really know. I don't know. Genuine question. Like, oh. Google. I'm sure. I'm just curious. I mean, because again, I'm I'm just curious if 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 Rocky Horror helped bring that into into the community, or if that was already established in the community. I just don't, just don't know. Now, what I will say for sure is on Frankenfurter's green lab coat, you will absolutely see a pink triangle pointed upwards, which at the time was very much a gay pride. Icon, okay. Okay. Because in the in the concentration camps. Gay prisoners were identified with a pink triangle pointing down. So by oh. having it pointed up, it was being reclaimed by the gay community at the time. So oh. that's why oh. that triangle is on his coat. I'm surprised I didn't know this. From I, I know so much World War II stuff, I didn't know this. Mm. Really? Awesome. Yeah, I never heard of this before. Huh. Well, I also just Googled it, and the rainbow flag popularized as a symbol of the gay community by San Francisco artists. Gilbert Baker in 1978. Wow. Interesting. So around that, around that time, huh? Yeah. huh. I wonder cool. if Rocky Horror has something to do with that. That's interesting. It could. I mean, also I was surprised this movie actually grossed a lot of money. Like I was really, I thought this would be he a bomb. Like, Oh, it flapped. I was like, no, it did not. <laughs> um, upon release it did. Yeah. It, it, it was like in shown in what, eight theaters and they all had to shut it down early. Cause no one showed up. I think I read somewhere <laughs> that it is officially the longest theatrical release that release in music movie history. Cause it's still technically in a theatrical release. Like there it's still, is yeah. A theater in Munich that has been playing it once a week, every week since it came out still to this day. 
it's it's a continuous release. I think yeah. the the Waverly was the one in the, in New York that was famous for having this. I wonder if they still do it. I wonder if the Waverly still exists. I will run to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Oriental. I talked to a bunch of people desert. that went to the Waverly in the eighties because when I I moved to New York, there was a bunch of people were talking about Rock Horror Picture Show, and they're like, "Oh, I used to go to the theater and see that." And I knew which theater they were talking about that they went to. And I was like, because oh. the theater I went to was amazing. It was a dinner theater. So it was five levels. They were all flat. And there was a bunch of round tables and you would go there and sit there and you'd order your food and they'd bring it out. So it was the perfect ability to dance. And we had people up and down the aisles dancing. The um, shadow cast was in the front. I, the, once we start talking about shadow casting, I was um, for a while, I was Eddie in the shadow cast until someone bit me. And I was like, yeah, I'm out. Why did someone bite you? Why did they bite you? <laughs> in the like dinner scene, like oh. one of the guys was like, oh, you know, a girl laid out on a table and bit me. And I was like, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teeth are a bit of a line here. I think that's that's the thing we're learning. I actually, the Waverly is now the is now the IFC Center in New York. It's no longer called the Waverly. Oh. I've been to the IFC Center multiple times when I lived in New York. Saw many a foreign film there, and uh, it's a really nice theater. But it's no longer the Waverly, and they don't do the picture show anymore, as far as I can tell. Uh, who knows? Maybe during Hall- maybe during Halloween they trot it out. I'm sure. Actually, I'm sure they do, um, but not a regular showing anymore. It's on Sixth in the Village. Oh, I used to work around the corner from that. That's the theater? Right there. Oh! <laughs> theater, of the, theater of the mind, everyone. We're looking at a little thumbnail on Wikipedia of the IFC Center. Just so everyone on everyone, the listening audience knows. I looked Thank at it and I was God like, that looks like that theater I used to walk to to get medium. to the subway after work at 3 a.m. every night. Terrifying. It smelled so bad. Well, not yeah, just the idea of walking around New York at 3 a.m. does sound terrifying. I 100% agree. I want to go that's to that. That's not there. what she said. But okay. Oh, I thought that's what you said. Oh, never mind. I, I don't like the idea of walking around New York at 3 a.m. I like the idea of walking around Chicago when I was like 12 o'clock at night once. Scared me too. If, any, if, any, if anyone comes up to you in there weird, just bite yourself on the arm and start screaming. They'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. You just have to act crazy. They'll leave you alone. I tell them, hey, you want to listen to my podcast? They might walk away too. Then. <laughs> I thought, well, get printed out business cards. Hey, that might work. Hey, you want it? I actually really thought about printing about business cards to hand to people randomly, but I don't want to. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Or ask them if they want to sign a petition to like save something, and they'll be like, "No." <laughs> One thing you'll realize in New York, everyone's just avoiding each other. You're, you're, you'll be fine, Mike Alberton. You you would not have a problem walking around at three o'clock in the morning. It's fine. All, all I got to do is carry a clipboard, and if they approach me, ask them to sign up the petition, and we're good. <laughs> do you care about children? Do you care? Here, sign this. Oh, clearly you don't care about children. Well, great. Eat this so much. I care about children, not yours, mine. <laughs> uh, I was specifically I- using that one because I was walking down the street nine months pregnant when someone was like, do you care about children? I went, nope, hate them. Hate them all. <laughs> They're like, uh, I do not know what to do with <laughs> That is beautiful. <laughs> Another scene that I want to talk about is the part when Janet sleeps with Rocky. I really like this scene, too. Because, I mean, everyone shows up. It's so good because it's like, I mean, again, I mean, I was kind of taking a look at a couple different ways. One, like, you know, the stereotype, typical thing is kind of going for where, you know, not to have sex to get married, at least not for women, apparently. That, that boat already sailed for Jesus. Yeah, I know. But it was just like the whole like idea where she's introduced to it and she's in control. And I like that. And I'm just happy it wasn't a rape scene because I was just really thought that's where this movie was going a couple of times. And I was happy it didn't. 
<laughs> well, other movies in the seventies like to throw that in there for no reason. I feel like, yeah. but like, no, but the Janet one was very important because she is taking control of her sexuality for the first time in her life. Yeah. Like Frank just kind of came into her room and she was like, "Yeah, okay, maybe." But this is her actually becoming a participant in her own life, where sexuality resides, and that's that's a big thing in 1975. Like you didn't see that as much. No, and you see, you know, multiple times you see them, you know, both Susan Sarandon and Barry Botswick, you know, half naked too, essentially. Or, you know, uh, like Barry Botswick put on the robe, and Susan Sarandon just decided have the rip skirt, to have the rip skirt, and walk around in her chonies. <laughs> <laughs> But it was cool. It was, I think, you know, again, I think it kind of lends more to that female empowerment, too. I'm assuming it also that showed for. that, you know, quote unquote, good girl having a bad side because in, you know, 1975, you're coming off of Woodstock and hippies and everyone's just like, oh, free love was a bunch of, you know, you know, damn those dirty hippies. And then it's like, no, this is, you know, the good girl. And like, oh, she she actually she wants it, too. Oh, my God. The wild and crazy idea that sex can be, you know, for fun. Yeah, that, that's crazy to some people. <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. And the church. The church, oh god. Especially when I think uh, like the Puritan stuff. I, I, like, I like following stuff like that too. Because I think it's interesting. The, the way that they control people through sex. And that's what they did. So That's another topic. Do Puritans still exist? Okay, another topic. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Erase that from this conversation. No, none of this getting erased. That's not how I edit. I don't go through and cut out conversations and put them in different episodes. No, I just let the whole thing. Oh, 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 Jamie, sweet child. You you don't understand. Mike doesn't edit any of this. How many times have said to him, Mike, you can actually clear this out? Nope. Hey, I only cut out ums and I cut out, hopefully I'll cut out that one and pauses. That's it. Everything else just sticks in there. Nope, that um is going to be in the um, 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 um. No, these will not. Um, um, um. Stop it. So I'm trying to think of some other things that I, I want to mention. Uh, like the butler, it really, this is kind of a weird take, but the butler is really making me think of Scary Movie. And I'm assuming that Scary Movie 2, I think. I'm, I felt like this was a reference to that movie. Okay, I didn't know that. Never to this day that I realized Scary Movie 2 was referencing Rocky Horror Picture with that weird butler. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, even the hair is the same in Scary Movie yeah. 2. Yeah. Never cool. seen I Scary Movie 2. It was really interesting was... when he answered the door, when the butler answered the door, it was... <laughs> So there was a lot of scenes that I re- I remembered and a lot of things that I forgot that was very interesting. I was like, I've seen this thing hundreds of times. And but certain little, you know, eggs and things that I didn't really see before was when the butler answered the door and his, you know, white. Oh, gosh, what is that? Cumber. It's not it's not a cumber bun. It was I guess it was a vest was covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw it last night. I was like, oh, he's all bloody. Oh, I didn't get meat. And actually, there's there, there's a uh, also we, we didn't mention that the the castle this is filmed that was lo- used for a lot of hammer horror movies back in the olden days. Mm-hmm. A lot of classic movies of that era were filmed. You know, horror movies were filmed there, which gives it that vibe. And again, that opening with the the scared couple, well, one scared person, one completely idiotic. Hey, this looks perfectly fine walking up getting such a good horror vibes like it really did have really cool horror vibes to it it felt very much like an old hammer movie you know the couple walking up to the creepy house and the creepy guy answers very very effective and cool i think i was expecting more like horror to be kind of what was coming i was even though i knew the musical i was picking there to still be more like gruesome stuff they eat a guy that's not gruesome enough for you i mean his name is meatloaf so hey, <laughs> you know i mean full-on murder and eat him like come on yeah, that's not enough. At least they didn't turn him into goo, okay? 
Oh my God! Stop. Are we for, <laughs> never. Are we forever going to? Oh yeah. Is this the new Bioshock yeah. Infinite? Is this the new uh, Hulk reference that will never end? Oh my God! No, that, yeah. It's one of the many jokes in this in this in this podcast. <laughs> the Hulk reference is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. How Edward Norton gets from South that, America to <laughs> New York in nothing without any money. I'm still upset about that. But you know, I'm, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Mike Vick. So, Bill, how do you correlate Rocky Horror Picture Show with Bioshock Infinite? Like, tell me that story, please. <laughs> I already did that recently. <laughs> yeah, I, was listening, I was listening to something that I made that re- I had edit. I had that reference in it. No That's why there aren't any like this. Guns been No, I've looked, I was paying attention for that. He only had one gun, Ken, in the end of this movie. You, yeah, I know. All, there was only one gun. gun. Like, Come on, there's totally a gun. Yeah, but there's only one. All right, but it's there. <laughs> does she know the infamous joke? No, she does not, and we're not going to say it. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this joke either. You can listen yeah, to episode you, Arkham City. I forget what number it is. Uh, no. Sorry. <laughs> would, if they said it, you would know, and they're not going to say it. <laughs> No, I always pay attention for there being two of something and there wasn't really that in this movie, so I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I want to talk about Eddie. We haven't talked about Meatloaf yet. Oh, he's was, so good. That was so good. good. Love him. He did a great job in this. Because I saw him in the opening credits, I'm like, what is, I forgot his role. I forgot what he played, but immediately I was like, oh, Meatloaf! He's yeah. so young looking in this. He, <laughs> he, he looks like a baby. They're all so young. <laughs> He only has like okay, maybe one and a half scenes. Are we gonna count the dinner as a scene for me? I mean, he's there. He's just missing part of his body. <laughs> but he he nails it. He does really well. Like I was confused how he just busts out of like the free storage on his motorcycle. Like was he supposed to be frozen? I didn't understand. But probably doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was put in deep freeze. They reference it in. Oh, now I'm forgetting her name. Her girl, his ex girlfriend. Oh, Columbia. Columbia's song later yeah. on. Put him in the deep freeze because. Frank was jealous of their relationship. Okay, so that's what was going on in that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Columbia, that's the the redhead chick, right? Yeah. The tap dancer. Okay. They both have red hair, both Columbia and Magenta. With the short hair. The short, straight hair. Yeah, the pixie cut. Okay. He's, split, yeah, so good. Um, he splits Meatloaf's brain, or Eddie's brain, between Eddie. Like, he cut part of Eddie's brain out and gave it to Rocky. Yeah. Oh. Yes. That's no. why Eddie has the scar on his forehead. <laughs> oh, I think I was looking down at one point and typing notes and not paying attention. They they reference that later. Though. Okay, I I really like the part when Eddie comes out and just and I was really and then that's when I was also confused because after his whole song and everything, he just murders him inside the inside the freezer. I'm like, wait a second, this took a gruesome turn. Well, there was the <laughs> horror you were looking for. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And boy, is he terrifying, Tim Curry, going at you in with, with a I think it was like a pickaxe, right? Or yep. something. Yeah, like a, pickaxe. Uh, a hatchet. Ooh. It's so interesting to look at him and his character and how much he goes to sexually awaken other people and has no problem having sex with multiple partners. But the minute Rocky reacted to Eddie or had sex with Janice, he lost it in a fit of jealousy. Oh, I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Well, it's good for the goose. It's not good for the gander (laughs) or vice versa. No, I didn't catch that. That's cool. That's another cool thing, concept in this. I don't know. I just really like seeing Meatloaf. I feel like he's been in other movies, too, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Fight Club. <laughs> Fight Club. Oh, yep. Yep. Okay, that's what was in my head. Okay. His name was Richard Paulson. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Bob right. Paulson. He was Space Monkey. <laughs> Wasn't it Space Monkey? I don't know. He got slapped a lot. He was also in Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny. Never seen that either. <gasps> <laughs> wow. That was a gasp. Good <laughs> Lord. You'll have to fix that. No, leave it. 
<laughs> put some echo behind it like make it really loud in the mix like <laughs> i'm not cutting that out i mean i should see, might have to see the movie someday but that is a uh, core memory unlocked apparently oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i know he's jack black's dad in that movie oh okay i'll have to watch it i like jack black it's a great movie it really is you guys ever patreon uh fight club i'll have to i'll have to join you okay It'd be nice to see it, you know, not on acid. (laughs) That'd be interesting, though. Oh, my God. That sounds like the worst idea. It was the worst. I questioned existence at the (laughs) end of that. That's fair. That's how I felt after I saw Dark City for the first time. What the hell is Dark City? That was the last time I did drugs. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm clean. Welcome to sobriety. Welcome to sobriety. A couple of things I think that. Yeah, the Eddie. Like I, I, I knew when they showed the table. I'm like, yep, Eddie. When they, when they bring out the random meat and they start cutting people the meat, and I'm like, yep, that's Eddie. <laughs> I didn't get that right off the bat. I really didn't. You, you did didn't not. See it I he had said to that say it was. Something. No, I knew it was a person though. No, when Frankfurt said something very specific about the tenderness of the meat, everybody got it, and like you saw, Brandon and Janet put and like a uh, and like in Colombia they put the meat down, and she got really upset, and it was like they all realized they were eating Eddie. I can't remember what he said. Well, I guess I, I had to be at the dinner table. Up. I don't know. I, I for some reason I just did that didn't hit me right away. Because aren't they all aliens besides Brad and Janet? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Dr. Scott. Don't forget about Dr. Scott. Oh, Dr. Scott. Yeah, we haven't talked about him yet. Oh, Columbia wasn't. Scott and his sexy legs. Yeah, Columbia wasn't. Yeah, Columbia. Columbia's a groupie. Yeah. You're right. Oh, okay. Oh, that's why Columbia's turned to stone then, too, near these end. That would make sense. Oh, her extreme reaction to Eddie in her song, she was talking about how she very nearly loved him, but at the end, she yelled at Frankenfurt that I loved you. So she was in love with Tim Curry. And but very nearly loved Eddie, so it was. I don't. I don't know. That's why I cooked him. Random factual statement. I don't know. I just. I just got that feeling that that's where the movie was going, just based on the way everybody was act, the way the meat looked weird, and just. I just like, yep, that's where they're going. I don't know. I, just, I guess I watched a few too many horror movies. Not many, but I guess I watched cannibalism movies. Look of Eli, not a horror movie, but they have cannibalism in that movie too. Really good film. I wish y'all could see the look I'm giving my. <laughs> <laughs> All the women can guess that are listening to this, I'm sure. Can we? <laughs> they all uh, done it to their sister. Spouting lies about watching horror movies. I watched some. What? When I forced you? Yeah, okay, that's okay. I'll try. <laughs> you so. know, Meatloaf was kind of heavy. I bet he was really nicely marbled, and I bet that meat was very juicy. <laughs> Wagyu. It's, <laughs> it's all it's the American preparation. Wagyu. Yeah. Right, and he was put on ice right at the time of death. It wouldn't, there wouldn't have been any problems with the the meat getting hard. Oh yeah, it would have been perfect. Oh right. my god! <laughs> I don't think they'd have enough time to brine him, but I mean, you know, we all know that's how the best way to. Yeah, but that fresh, that freshly killed. I don't think they'd need to brine him. Plus the fact <laughs> that he was in a freezer yeah. that was actively blowing air. I mean, he was essentially dry aged. <laughs> Dried aged meatloaf. Like boy, that's oh pork boy. tender, like right off the bone. Good stuff. Nice. I mean, there was a there was a pickaxe and pickaxe involved. He was meat tenderized. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Yeah, was beating the shit out of him. So yeah. Hi everybody, welcome to the Cannibal Recipes. My mom found. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Wait till I cover Sons of the Lamb someday. Oh <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Great, great, Grandma Alberton. Here's her old scroll of uh, ways to prepare human beings. <laughs> 
Oh, side thing on Campbell's, I want to say one last thing. I was playing Red Dead Redemption recently, and there's a there was a mission where there was some guy that they were going to cannibalize, and I and I was like, oh, you can either say you can either shoot the guy or or or, or let him eat the guy. So I just shot him, of course. But it just made me laugh. I was like, oh, okay. I let him have a notion. But I love to talk a bit about. Not that I don't love cannibalism chat. I mean, it's just I mean, it's my favorite podcast. <laughs> I I would love to about the music because, as I said, this is the heartbeat of the movie it, for me at least. Uh, this is kind of the unifying thing that allows people who are, again, in my opinion, who are straight, queer, or however, we, all sorts and all types. I think everyone can agree that the soundtrack is basically wall-to-wall bangers. I, yep. I, yeah. I, I think I don't think I'm saying anything controversial with that one. What's yeah. everybody's favorite song other than Time Warp, which again is like upper stratosphere good? Oh, shit. I want go the first one that Tim Curry sings. Like when they first get there, the the welcome song. Yeah, the welcome song. I'm just a sweet transvestite. Yeah, yeah that one. that one, that one. Absolutely loved it. He was brilliant in it too. <laughs> and what an open, like what an introduction to to Frankenfurt. It's yeah, it's a it's great. I I love. I think I'm looking at the track listing, and I don't want to actually listen to it because I'm trying to pay attention. Um, <laughs> it's the one that Meatloaf sings when his introduction, when Eddie. I think it's Hot Patootie. Is that right? They're all good. Yes, that's Hot Patootie. Hot Patootie, that is a rock and roll bang. I, that is so good. <laughs> I, it's yeah, that's probably my favorite uh, of of the of the. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. I really like Damn It, Janet. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not a music guy. You just like saying Damn It, Janet. I like the fact that it rhymed. Yes, kind of amused me. And just the word like Damn It, Janet. I don't know. It, it, it amused me a lot. Uh-huh. I got it. <laughs> Here she and she's doing all the lines. Like she's doing all the extra stuff. As, as you would in a shadow cast. It was great. It was a very fun. Uh, My favorite was. Oh, I'm not near the mic. I'm. <laughs> I just got correct. I'm. Uh, <laughs> now you know how I feel, Bill. No, no. <laughs> Excuse me. Somebody can relate to me now. Thank you very much. We're going to be like, well, friends. <laughs> so my favorite was because it is the funnest to do and I keep on having to look down and at the word shadow cast because just to call myself out I ca- I had literally have a note here for Bill that says shadow cast equals the people that acted out at the front because I was like what is shadow casting I'm old and <laughs> I I don't understand life and so so but the funnest thing to act out was the touch a touch a touch a touch that's literally what it's called touch 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 me yeah oh yeah I be- oh god and because not I've only is it just fun to sing out, but I mean, you know, as a teenager, my God, so many people fill you up in one play. It's, you know, what else could you ask for? <laughs> no, I wish I would have seen this in a shadow cast now. I'm kind of There's bummed that we missed it that bad at the show we go to. That would have I, been the best thing for you to see it for the first time as shadow cast. I agree. Amazing. I am I am torn here between the sweet transvestite and I'm going home. So the in and the out, <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's something, and I think this is the queer kid in me. There's something that just speaks to me. Don't dream it, be it, and I love that. Oh, like it, it just again. This movie, you guys made this movie make you know make a lot more sense to me, and like the fact that that's. You know, it, you know, for the 70s, it was trying, you know, it was that first movie to kind of, you know, tell the culture. And like, even to this day, with all the bullshit we have happening, like, I can see how this movie is still very relevant in today's world. Exactly. Like 
Also, Listen. probably ban in Florida at the rate Florida's going. But hey, right? I always get political on the show. Not like I, uh, <laughs> I always make my political I jab. Have no comeback for that. So, <laughs> all right. I've I've been thinking about this the entire time you guys have been talking, and at the end of the day, I think I gotta go. I can make you a man because a it's just filthy, <laughs> and I love it. But I also really like singing that song in karaoke. And some of the looks you get are yeah. equal parts disgusted and wonder what wonder what his deal is. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, again, if someone never seen this before, I wouldn't catch it. Like, there are certain songs, if you were singing, like, a David Bowie song from Labyrinth, I would know what you're doing. Yeah, I, I would. I, would I don't catch think it. we can really ignore the influence that David Bowie had to have played on this. I was... I told Mike, I said, I could see, I could see David Bowie in The Frankenfurter Row. 100%. <laughs> It'd have to be Ziggy Stardust, David Bowie, though. Everything yeah. else was too restrained. Yes, I agree. It's a good song, too. It's some of the stuff I actually listen to. Uh, yeah. Ken, what the hell was I about to call you Keith? I don't understand what's wrong with me today. That's the second time. I Mike. know, I don't understand. <laughs> I knew he was going to I don't understand. I, I think it's nice to meet you. <laughs> I would say it's because I've been drinking, but I haven't drank anything. No, you have. What's wrong with you? I got nothing. I got nothing. It's Saturday. Let's go drinking. Wait, it's Saturday, right? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Someone take over, please. <laughs> no. Still talking about songs. I think we covered all that with everybody. Yeah. Okay. One thing I'm talking about, like the, the Medusa thing, where like the oh, we should oh, we should talk about for the Medusa. We should talk about the Doctor. We haven't talked about the Doctor yet. That uh, comes yes. in midway or near the end of the movie. With the sexy lights. Yes, but the whole like the part of it I thought was hilarious is how this guy's just in a wheelchair rolling through the woods heading to this castle, and that just oh. made me laugh. And then he's he's like way back there, and then suddenly he's in the castle, and you're like, oh, goodness. You're real fast and then later bigger. on, he magically has the ability to, you know, lift his leg up and kiss his own knee. Yeah. No, that's the power of stocking, so. That is the power of fishnets. I mean, I really, I'm not you know. Sure I can even do that. So. I cannot. <laughs> well, have I you tried you wearing fishnets? I, I really like how all of a sudden he just has sexy legs. That was hilarious. <laughs> and those legs really were cool. sexy as fuck, too. No, they were. Fishnet did not fit the guy else. at all. I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, call call this like a prem, not a premonition, I guess, but weird coincidence. Jamie and we were we were went to today. We went to like this uh, German beer festival culture fest thing, like way out of town, like an hour and a change out of Austin. And on the way back, there was a highway or a street called um, Doctor Scott Drive, Great and Jamie went, oh, right. <laughs> I was like, this is just, this is just creepy. And if we didn't have kids in the car and they weren't hungry and cranky, we might have just taken that right turn just to see if Dr. Scott drive (laughs) some weird castle somewhere. I don't know. I mean, it is text. And you guys are talking about um, doing things on a Saturday night. If you live in the Austin, Texas area, the O'Brien's orchestra till still does regular shadow cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Their next one is on June 10th, the Saturday night, at the Southwest Theater's Lake Creek 7. James, that's like 10 minutes down the road. 10 minutes right by Pinballs. Southcrest, I know exactly where that is. Really? There we go. Yep. Grab that corset. I know it's somewhere in the garage. And let's <laughs> let's let's go. There's hey, I have Texas bed. listeners. Like I do know that. And this will come out before that date. So, hey, you could. There you go. I was going to ask when this is coming out. So June 10th for all of you Austinites it's out there. It's 10.30 p.m. That's early. It is early. Oh, yeah, it's not a midnight showing, though. It, <laughs> they probably shut that place down around midnight. It's in the strip mall. Well, I mean, it is Texas. The average road speed is 85 miles an hour. You don't really need people now. Hey, it sounds like Wisconsin. 
<laughs> oh man, we just missed a shadow cast around us last night. <laughs> Jesus. Last night? You could have prepared for this show in like, only an experience. <laughs> Damn it. Man. It was literally it last it. night. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, son of a b <laughs> Oh, thing, I, like, the whole thing with the doctor, I just thought was like the magnet thing cracked me up and they just had like this big magnet just pulls them so up. Good. All these stairs <laughs> randomly. I'm He's like, like <laughs> and he just goes by other people that are sitting there. Like there's the two girls that are sitting there. Like, I'm like, this is just, this is just funny. I really do like that. It was so cartoon Bugs Bunny style. Yeah. Chicanery. It was very, very good. And the reason he crashed through the wall is because the set designers literally forgot to build the door. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Like, that's the reason that he broke through the wall. He was supposed to go through a door, but they didn't build it. Uh, I just so assumed just they had broke no the wall money. Down. So they're like, I, oh, well. <laughs> I just assumed they had to reuse the hole because they had no money. This was made on $1.6 million. And honestly, I don't know where any of that money went because this looks like it it's went made to renting the castle. I and had to have been, I guess, yeah. because it's not on screen. That. <laughs> No. From the operating theater style room where half of this movie takes place, that's barely set dressed. It kind of feels like a clockwork orange to, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of it in the film. They wasted but, it uh, on the ending where the castle goes. Whoo! Maybe that beautiful <laughs> effect, which is actually really fun and good. Uh, yeah, cool James Ryder, orgies are expensive too. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's insurance involved. I don't know how these things work. The I'm not a producer. They're all pretty much unknown, weren't they? I feel like they were, but I'm the wrong person yeah, I mean, to ask that. Well, yeah. Susan Sarandon had roles before this. So did Barry Bowswick. Meatloaf was up and coming. Like, he wasn't Meatloaf. Let's see. Charles Gray, the guy who played the criminologist, he did play Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever. I did like <laughs> Okay, that. that's the movie. I knew. That's one of the worst Bond movies, by the way. Uh, Moonraker would like a word. Yeah, um, one of the worst Sean Connery movies. How about that? Well, lots better. Um, let's see. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Moonraker. Is, I like Moonraker a lot, but that movie's trash. Hot trash. Like most of most of the actors, though, had a following in theater, mostly. Yeah, they're all theater people. Yeah, for sure. OK. Also, Diamonds Forever also has a, a gay, gay characters in that movie, too. <laughs> it's, it's not good, but it just to kind of fit like the, the theme, it did have other, so more. But, but I guess they were villains and they get killed by scorpions. So. And, and <laughs> I, that's actually another reason why Rocky Horror is so culturally important is a lot of the mainstream anything. If there was queer anything, it was villain coded and then yeah. your villains were queer coded. And so to have this be, yeah, they were creepy aliens. Sure. But none of them were villains. <laughs> Per se, I, don't I mean, know. Yeah. Frankfurter just wanted to sleep with people, right? Really... And like, he did kill Eddie. So oh. if anybody, he'd be the villain, but sort of, sort of. He's still sort of, exactly. Yeah, sort of. I mean, like, Eddie was a bad he, kid. Remember that? Even if he <laughs> is the villain, you still want to sleep. He didn't him, like so. his teddy. He knew he was a no <laughs> good kid. <laughs> I love how he pulls out the teddy bear too near the end. I'm like, oh, okay, this is fucking hilarious. Well, I wouldn't like that damn teddy either. Buy me something better. <laughs> right. Like build a bear. Build-A-Bear. Build-A-Bear wasn't around in the 70s, I don't think so. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I forgot about the Teddy line. I literally thought he was singing he didn't, or they were singing he didn't like his daddy. And I was like, well, a lot of people don't like their dads. What? Why is? <laughs> why does that make him a bad kid? And I was like, oh, Teddy Bear. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't like your Teddy Bear, you're just, I don't know, monster? You're just wrong. You just get eaten. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm going to go ahead. My opinions are my own, not the opinions of Gangster My Mom Fun. But, you know, if you don't like your stuffed bear, you deserve to be eaten. 
<laughs> I'd rather get eaten by Scarlett Johansson than get eaten by this guy. So I'd rather get eaten by Frankenfurter, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather get eaten by Frankenfurter. Same. I have a soft spot for Scarlett Johansson. Even if she's going to lead me to a pile of goo, I'm, I'm going. I'd be one of the idiots going to that pile of goo. Going to that damn pile of goo. I would. <laughs> Some you the, just want to see your naked. <laughs> Some of the other things I want to talk about, like the Medusa, like everything leading up to like the Medusa thing where they're led into the trap and all of a sudden they can't move. I don't know. I found that was... And they were all naked. They got turned to stone and then they're naked. I, I like that. <laughs> and you see the Komodo laying on the ground, too. It, was the, the it turned them into ancient Greek sculpt- sculptures, which is where the Medusa reference is from. So makes sense to me that they were suddenly naked. I liked it. I, I like the fact that they also had other statues in the background, which meant all, other people were turned to stone, too. Mm-hmm. I guess they kind of make Frank for a villain, too, because he's turning people to stone. They got better. But they reemerge. Like, I don't I don't even think it was supposed to be, like, permanent. They reemerge as fully liberated selves, right? And, and yeah. so, oh. they're all dressed. <laughs> he, like, dressed to stone, and then when they come back, they got that. It's magic stone. It's magic transformative corset <laughs> fishnet stone. I mean, yeah. How did you get those fishnets on that stone? (laughs) Don't ask questions that have no good answers. Just accept it as it is. I just had to. (laughs) I always do that. Oh, it's fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to tell you how to. Aliens. (laughs) That's true. And boy, oh boy, do I like that guy's laser gun, which is literally probably a pitchfork that they bought the Halloween store. Uh, yeah, but it works. Pitchfork because he's the old guy from the picture, so it's okay. He has a pitchfork. Yeah. I was when we saw that scene. The yeah. Oh movie, no, like, really? Where's his pitchfork? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he had the pitchfork gun, and I'm like, I'm sold. And you're okay with that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh my gosh, that's I so didn't good. Either another I mean, if you layer. I the one that caught this. Wait, what? <laughs> No, no, I caught that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but if you really want to blow your mind, this movie is all about how the value system of middle middle America was being violently oppressive towards the queer community because riffraff is absolutely emblematic of the American Gothic set, that middle American fifties virtue culture, oh. and he had to kill Frankenfurter because that was his mission because he was in charge now. This is all about putting the gays in their place. That's really cool. And that's probably why they go with the whole painting and everything. Okay, that is cool. That makes more sense. Because I was wondering why they had that in the beginning of the movie where they, you know, they they're right to like that stupid painting. I'm like, okay, but that makes more that makes a lot of cool sense. I also don't like that painting, by the way. What? I thought it's stupid. I've always never never liked it. We should get one. I don't like art that much. That's like that kind of art. I like that art. I like my Mario posters that are signed by people. It's art. That's, that's my kind of art. art. Yeah, but it's <laughs> colorful art. <laughs> Also, comic book art. I'm surrounded by comic book art too. So I don't like art. He says <laughs> I'm weird. What can I say? I don't I like a lot of music. You, I wish you were on video when you said that. Eh? I don't like art. <laughs> There's no video on this. this. No. <laughs> no, all that stuff with the the D Medusa was really cool. Like the fact that all their faces are painted. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, but I didn't think about it like as, as a liberation thing either. But that that's cool. Like that's probably why they're all in the pool in the very end, kind of have like an orgy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're going for. I didn't think about it at the time. The earlier one of your earlier comments someone made. I'm like, okay, oh yeah, makes sense. Like it's it's a good thing. You, you're breaking out of this stone cocoon and becoming your own person yeah. who you were always meant to be. And then you get shot by a motherfucker with an upside down ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> but you do get saved by by a really muscular guy that tries to save you and carry you off and die too. Yeah, very much climbing up the Archeo radio tower, mirroring King Kong and Fay Ray. Yeah, I did catch that reference. 
Like, there's so many little, like, references to past movies and, like, science fiction cinema. Like, it's so, it's very, very deep. No, that's probably why this movie is so loved to this day. Oh, yeah. It's, I've, I've seen this movie probably into triple digits, and I swear, every time I watch it, I notice something different. So we have to watch it again, Mike. I can watch this again. I plan to either, I plan to be high next time and have an uh, edible, but I do want to see this again. <laughs> that might be fun, though. That'll be more fun to watch Punisher Warzone high, because I didn't remember anything that happened in that damn movie. So. I swear to God. I didn't remember anything while I was high, and then I rewatched it. You had to rewatch it? Yes, I didn't remember the movie because I was high, and I forgot everything. You never remember your wife making fun of it? I remember that part. That was about it, though. Ken made me appreciate that movie a lot more. That was weird. I was listening to, when I was editing the episode. I'm like, wow. He made me appreciate this movie. <laughs> I, I still need to see it. I have to keep my promise. That was one of the ones I, I had to miss. I have to. I'll keep my promise. You will like it, Bill. It's your kind of movie. I still have the uh, the, the messenger thread. I will. I will come. I'll resurrect it once I do see it. And uh, it's gruesome. And it's your kind of movie. Yay. Yeah. Yay. I love it. People heads. It's great. Is it emotionally destroying? Not like this. No, what? No, I think it's, I think to me it's just horribly violent. Okay. Yeah, it's just horribly violent, and you get to see a guy go in a bottle crusher and get all crushed up, and his face is all messed up. I don't want to get spoiled on this joyful experience, but uh, yeah, but okay, we're talking about like this it. joyful experience. This was a joyful experience, though. It was. One thing was very interesting to me when we were watching it last night is when you see it live in a theater, and that's kind of your only experience with it. When people are acting it out. There's so many parts where there's down moments where not a lot of things are happening. So people aren't really commenting on it. And so it's in the, the live theater, or at least my experience as a, as a teenager, that was when people were just, you know, they were talking, they were gossiping, they were having the overly dramatic breakups. It was just all of that experience. And I were, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, I don't remember any of this and i was like i've seen this hundreds of times how do i not know what is happening and i was like i was too busy like gossiping or crying or something having some sort of emotion yeah and i can see that being a communal experience you you would a lot of this stuff will kind of wash over you because you're in community with other people and you're enjoying it together yeah totally yeah, and that. the slower parts because the movie has slower parts but that's when you talk to the people next to you and meet them yeah and have the like overly dramatic crying breakups. That's what you do. That's how you're supposed to do a shadowcast. Well, I don't talk to no one in the shadowcast we go to. I just sit there yeah. quietly and watch the movie. Embrace the community, Mike. That's it. Ah. That's it, Mike. Come on. I'm only social no. when it has a microphone and I can't be seen, but I'm social. This is- Mike, all we've right. all heard the Sin City episode. We know. Just embrace <laughs> I don't even remember everything I said, but I think I know what you're referring to. <laughs> That's it. I'm driving up. And I'm driving up to Minnesota this summer. I'm gonna yeah, make come to Austin, up. man. Let me know. Come to mm-hmm. Austin. They have one every month at the aforementioned Southwest Theater in Lake Line. Again, it's ten minutes away from our from our house, James. Hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, go alone. Trip. Road trip. Yeah. Hey, you're you're welcome, Keith. If you want to come up, that was on purpose this time. Didn't work this time. When I put him in heels now. <laughs> yeah, we're like parents. We're just lame. Oh, a random us, thing. That... Imagine this one question. Imagine us rolling up to the Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast in our Honda Odyssey. Let's go. <laughs> hey, hey, just get the diaper bag out the back because we're uh, hello, ch- hello, youth. That's where we have the bread. Right, you need a diaper bag to bring all the props. 
Oh, man. Another thing I was thinking of, which, like, when during the end part, when Barry Boswick and the, I can't remember, the Rockies also dressed up in, in high heels, I was thinking of RuPaul again. Like, oh, they could walk in high heels? Okay. I don't know. I, like I said, watch way too much RuPaul. The entire cast casted from Ru, RuPaul's drag race. Drag queens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at the shoes, and I was like, are those from Payless? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it had a probably. Charge, so probably. You know, looks like a heel, feels like a sneaker. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and all the glitter. I mean, maybe 0. 0.6 of that $1.6 million went to just glitter, glitter. <laughs> <laughs> glitter and accessories. <laughs> but yeah, the fashion, the style in this movie is actually really cool, too. I mean, mm-hmm. Jamie has worked in fashion for 10 years. I worked in fashion for seven. And so we, we appreciate, you know, kind of the art of fashion. I, I do. I personally do. And I love the styling of it. I really all the styling is super cool, you know, just from that perspective. That's cool. No, I mean, the style, I thought the style was pretty cool. I, mean, I have no art, no eye for any of that stuff, or it's not my thing, but I did like the way everything looked in this movie. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I really did. And I felt like it fit a lot to what was going on, too, very well. Like, just having, like, Frankfurter change from, he goes from his, you know, his drag outfit to then having, like, the apron on and then switching back to drag as the movie progresses. Or just, I don't know, there were a lot of weird things that really made me laugh and I enjoyed, that I enjoyed more than I thought I would in this film. <laughs> so, a good time. It's, it's no, I didn't think I would at all. I came into this movie with no interest and no anticipation. <laughs> and I left like, okay, this was fun. Well, one thing I really thought was interesting, forgive me if I already, Bill, did I already talk that Bill, when Bill and I were driving today, he brought up the theater aspect of it. And I had no idea that this was in theater before it was a movie. And I, I, when he told me that, I was like, wow, that just makes so much sense because there were certain scenes and cuts, cutscenes that would be perfect on a stage that were kind of disjointed as an adult that, you know, has had a bit more experience with movies. Thank you, Bill, that I didn't really see before. And now seeing it from, from that perspective, I was like, man, this must have been an amazing theater production. Because there's so many cool things you could do with that. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I really would love to see this as a as a play, as a musical on stage. I think it would translate beautifully and make a lot more sense as far as, again, you know, this is basically the, the sound. This looks like the play on screen. Just the fact, like Jane pointed out earlier when we were driving, the fact that uh, Frankfurt comes down and goes up in the same prop, right? That's a very theater thing, right? Using what you have to make a, a scene work. Um, but yeah, I would definitely love to see that in here. Yeah. Any other right. things you guys want to add that we haven't said yet? I think I'm ready to. I'm ready to put put my uh, put it in the shelf stacker box, Mike. Uh, not okay. to be. Oh, one last thing I forgot to mention. I just want to say, oh, the house gets teleported in the end. And they go back to where they came, where the where the aliens came from. We did. Oh, I don't know where I was. Okay, you're right. Let's go to shelf stacker box. Well, I have and, a question real quick before oh, yes. we go to shelf stocker box. Why couldn't they? Why couldn't their people do the time warp when they were gone? Because the brother and sister were like, and our people will do the time warp again. Why couldn't they? I'm like thinking really hard. I've, I've always assumed that that line was just a reference to their people that were there in the castle. Because I'm not sure how many of the guests were also members of their race. Um, and so as long as they've been there on Earth, they haven't been able to do the time warp because that would take them off to where they don't need to be. And so now going home, everyone who's there with them is now able to do that again. 
I like it. I'll accept that as truth. Accepting it as truth, for sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And we'll go to Shelf Stacker Box. And Ken, what about you? Oh, God. This is... Is there something higher than Shelf? Because you want to like, so Richard Sampson has to put it on the list? Go right ahead. <laughs> display, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hanging on a wall. Because this is a Sanity Household favorite. Like, we watch this movie regularly. Own it on DVD, Blu-ray, digital... Got the fancy, what is ours, the 35th 35th anniversary, which has got a bunch of shadow casting plus options that show you the fun stuff you're supposed to throw and say so that you can show it to virgins and they know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) I used to not have it. (laughs) No. Ours was a cheap DVD sent from Amazon. That's that's okay. (laughs) Damn Amazon. And what about you, Mix? Track for the... uh... I mean, same. Yeah. It's it's display if I can. But yeah, shelf, this is regular. Used to put it on. We watched it obsessively when we put it on. Now it's a couple times a year. Got to make sure we watch this. <laughs> and what about you, Bill? I am going to stack this. I I like this a lot. I, now, let me, before everyone throws laser pointed pitchforks at me, before <laughs> you late, do that, I, I like this quite a bit. I, I think this is a lot of fun. I had a great time watching it last night with Jane. I had a great time watching her curse to it as you would <laughs> in the shadow cast and say all the filthy things that, that you normally would say uh, to this. I think the music is fantastic. I like the performances. Tim Curry is just glorious, but I don't know if this is something I would put on the regular and in the spirit of shelf stacker box, I would like to trot this out. Maybe, I don't know, every couple of years, maybe around Halloween or something, put it on the rotation. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but it's just not the kind of thing that, that would just go on my shelf. And that's, it's more of a gut feel than anything else, but I do a hundred percent respect this movie. And I, I absolutely get and appreciate why it's so beloved because it means a lot to a lot of people. Um, I just don't think it means a super ton to me. I don't think I'm the target audience. But yeah, I'm still going to stack it. I'm not going to box it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my uh, where I'm landing on it. Okay. And Jamie. Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I think for now, I'm going to have to stack it. Okay. 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 Bill, explain to me the three levels again. You explained it to me earlier and I was like, well, I tried that. I have to do what? So shelf shelf is you put it on your shelf. This is something you love and you're going to just put it on the shelf to be displayed. So that's like flying your flag when people come over. Stack means you're going to put it in a box somewhere, but it's accessible in case you want to see it. And then in the like box, my copy. right? Yeah, <laughs> if you don't know where it is. And then box <laughs> means you're throwing it into a box in the middle of the garage underneath some old papers or in a box in a dumpster. Oh, yeah, we know that before too. We really hated some stuff. Um, yes. Well, I, I, I think for at the moment, I'm going to have to go with stack, which very clearly means to me, because like one of the things that really came through in watching this movie is the nostalgia that I very much love and the history behind it. But there's also a lot of hurt and heartbreak around what happened during that time. And to a lot of people that were very dear to me at that time, I mentioned some of the things earlier of, you know, going out to to dinner with people and what happened to them and so I think I'm going to have to go with stack and maybe have some therapy <laughs> and then maybe move it. But right now it's just kind of like, it's, it's still nostalgic. I love it. I will absolutely, you know, 
sing the time warp and, you know, and you, you don't put your hands on your hips. You put your hands on your tits. That's what you do. And <laughs> it's, that's what's just going to happen. But I'll have to go with stack for now and, and I'll have some therapy and then we'll talk about it in maybe a year. <laughs> All right. And what about you, Tiffany? I would put it on the shelf. It's something I enjoyed watching, even though I haven't seen it in forever. It's I enjoyed watching it. I watched it again. Let's go watch it again right now. No, I don't have enough time to get high before I want to go to sleep. So <laughs> no, not tonight, but at some point, yes. All right, and I'll go last. I'm going to put this in the stack. I came into this thinking I was going to box it, but the more we talked about it, the more I appreciate and realize I had a good time. Like I did enjoy the movie. I was just got too much shit going on this week. I was like, oh, I got to hurry up, watch this, and get to bed, and do this, and. So it, it didn't, but yes, I'm definitely going to rewatch this again soon after doing an edible and just to get that experience because I want to, and I won't remember it. And that's okay. Then I'll record about it, so, but go on the snack. Cause I, I had fun <laughs> and go to a movie theater and see it. And with people acting it out, cause that's just the best. I'm going to try when I see this on something, I'm going to definitely go see it in the theater. Cause I've been trying to do that and go see old movies in theaters again, whenever they get a chance, like classics that I want to see again. Like that wasn't theater. That was Shadowcast. I wouldn't go and see that in theater. <laughs> I saw it once theater. That's good enough. Shadowcast was was perfect. You won't let me go see Jurassic Park. We're gonna see a Shadowcast, though. Doesn't that count? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it'll be fun, but no, that doesn't count because I never saw it. In- you can forget that that ever happened, okay? No, I don't forget. That. Yeah, I know. It doesn't work that you way. You never I'm- saw Jurassic Park in a theater? I, I didn't either. I don't think I did. No. <gasps> I didn't. I what? Didn't see in theaters. No. What? I told I this story. Honestly, I told the story. We did the Jurassic Park episode. I don't. I can't remember, but I don't think I did. <laughs> Yeah, we had the chance, and I didn't buy tickets. It was during COVID when they brought back all the old movies, and I said, come on, let's go watch Jurassic Park. No, he didn't want to. He <laughs> wanted to be a COVID person and stay in his house. Yeah. And that's before he worked from home. Or I was recording all the time. I'm not sure which one was going on that day. Huh. Oh, yeah, I recorded man. a lot. <laughs> all right. And, Bill, where can people find you at? Oh, I do a, uh, I do a very <laughs> exact opposite of this show. Yeah. <laughs> of the, not no, not this time. This movie. If this movie is, yeah, you know, I'm I'm the Mr. Rogers, I think, of video game podcasts at this point. I do a charming and heartwarming show called The Gamer Looks at Forty, where uh, myself and a cast of almost, gosh, probably at least eighty different people have been on this show at some point or other. Uh, talk about their history of video games from their personal perspectives with their personal recollections, and um, it's it's just a uh, it's a real nostalgia fest. So if you enjoy stories from people talking about old video games and why those games were important to them, then that is the show for you. And just like this movie, if you like having a random narrator pop into your podcast and tell you what's going on and who's going to talk next, that's the podcast for you. So <laughs> you, you, you have a great way of distilling down. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make his, a reference. To this his labor of love of mine. Yes. Well, it, you are right. It's completely different than what I do. I'm this thing. Yeah. This is just me rambling with other people and the editing is just, I am not offended. Yeah. I just, sometimes I say this on this show, I'm trying to find new ways of doing this. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed this episode, there's over 450 other episodes of the podcast. You can find everything on Podbean if you want to support the show and vote in the polls. We have a Patreon uh, right now. This whole year, I'm doing movies that Mike has never seen. Mike Bean, that's me. So right now, it's Blade Runner 2049, Ghostbusters 2016, Back to the Future 2, 
Has, and Resident Evil Damnation. You said 80s? No. What? No, uh, sequel movies. Sequel. You didn't say that part. Uh, oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But you can go vote the poll. You'll see a link to the Patreon. Little Zadar, you can vote the poll. We have one every month. Sometimes they have more polls. But we have lots of vote. material if it's movies Mike has never seen. Yes, I'm noticing. And want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, because you're Helena at Hell Has Fear. You can follow her on TikTok. You'll see a link in the show notes to her TikTok. Go check her out. She's over 100K followers, so definitely go support her also. And if you want to talk with us, we do have a Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes to that too. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube audio only, but we are on YouTube. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Ah. Bye. So don't don't eat people and let this meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs>